Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a series of short discussions on various topics related to the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Your hosts, Kale Tita, Evan Vasilik, and Sajit Mello, discuss a specific topic on each show to give you a high-level overview of that topic and resources to get more information should you wish to dig further. For more information on our show, please see our website at azpodcast.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number eight, and the topic of discussion today is the service bus. As always, my name is Sujit DeMello. I am a consultant with Microsoft, focused on the application development space. And normally, I would have my two colleagues, Kale Teter and Evan Baslik, on the Skype with me. Uh, however, today they're a bit busy with uh, some customer, dema- customer demands, and uh, of course, uh, the customer is always first. So today you have just me. Fortunately, this is a topic that I am somewhat familiar with, so I'm hoping to give you some information about the uh, service bus and where it fits within the overall Azure platform. So let's get right to it then. Now, uh, the uh, the Azure Service Bus, at, at the very highest level, what it does is it helps keeps your apps connected across private and public cloud environments. So what does that mean? So, so the Service Bus is, is, you can think of it as a messaging infrastructure. And it sits between applications, allowing them to exchange messages in a loosely coupled way. And that is one of the first tenets of cloud development. Applications should be connected loosely because that improves the scale and the resiliency of the app. And the good thing is the service bus is managed by Microsoft and there is a 99.9% monthly SLA on it. So what do you use service bus for? Well, the first obvious thing is just to use it as a queue, right? A simple first in, first out, guaranteed message delivery queue. And uh, it does support, uh, you know, a wide variety of, pro- of protocols, like REST, AMQP, the WSR protocols, and also uh, these uh, APIs that let you pull and push items from the queue. Now, some of our alert listeners must be thinking, hey, wait a minute, a few episodes ago, uh, we discussed right here about the Windows Azure queue service, which is part of the PaaS model in Azure. And so what's the difference between that queue and the queue that Service Bus offers? Good question. So the queue that's in the Windows Azure queue that's built natively built into the PaaS model, that is used primarily for apps within the cloud to talk to each other. And there are certain limitations on the message size that you can put. I think it's limited to 64K if I remember right. And there is, uh, you know, a REST-based API that lets you access the queues from non-Microsoft or non-Azure platforms. However, if your needs are beyond that, maybe you need to have larger message sizes, and maybe you want, uh, maybe you need better performance when accessing these from other platforms. In that case, Service Bus uh, can come to the rescue. The reason being that it it does uh, have all these wider range of, of protocols. The most important one being the the Advanced Messaging Queue Protocol (AMQP), which is actually a binary level protocol, and that allows you to get much better performance and throughput uh, when connecting to the message service from other platforms. The two other things that you will use the Service Bus for. The other one is connecting on-premise applications to the cloud, okay? And what that does is Service Bus has something called a relay, which solves a very common problem. 
let's suppose that I have I have a WCF service in-house in my data center and it's really good I like it but I want to make it available to uh, some people on the internet I want to make it publicly available normally that would mean I would have to talk to my IT folks and set up an elaborate you know DMZ and connectivity to the internet and all the firewalls and the security issues that come along with it you know figure out how to authenticate all the calls so that nobody tries to hack in it hack into it how to monitor all those uh, external endpoints so instead of doing that service bus has something called the relay feature which essentially will relay my WCF service internally out to the cloud out to the internet and it does that you know just by creating a whole set of new bindings with the word relay in them so if you have net TCP binding there's a net TCP relay binding in that, that you would use so as long as you use that binding that automatically will relay the call back into my internal uh, into my internal data center of course when those services are exposed uh, in Azure in the uh, to, to the public you set up the security that you will be used for that particular service so that uh, only authenticated callers can call it now the good thing is that after that Microsoft is managing the relay endpoint and is doing all the monitoring for you you just have to make sure that your internal service is up and running all the time and you know every call that comes in from the internet will be seamlessly routed back to your data center the beauty with this solution is that you don't have to have any special firewall rules open to connect between Azure and your data center. They both communicate with each other using the relay protocol that's built into Service Bus. So there's nothing special really that you need to do within your firewall or uh, in Azure to make this thing work. It kind of just works. And the third uh, kind of uh, advantage that Service Bus has over, say, the standard uh, Windows Azure queue is uh, something called the Publish Subscribe mechanism. So Publish Subscribe is essentially a way to allow uh, you to publish some in bits of information and then instead of going to just one person like a queue or one 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 particular process that like a queue would you can a whole bunch of any number of processes can subscribe to that information they set a filter and they say you know if this information contains this particular piece of sub information in it i please tell me about it and you know the the windows uh, the and windows azure service bus will automatically notify your application that hey here's something that is of interest to you you know why don't you read it so so that's the so those those are the three main scenarios that I'd like to kind of cover in a little bit of detail the the relay the queue and of course the publish subscribe mechanism now people ask you know which of these three solutions uh, or uh, which of these three features should I use in my application and really the different solutions the different situations call for different style of communications between your apps okay sometimes you know letting applications send and receive messages through a simple queue is the best solution okay in other situations an ordinary queue isn't enough a queue with a publish subscribe mechanism is better and then in third in thir and, and then in some cases all that's needed is not a queue but you just need a connection between your on-premise system with your uh, with with the cloud endpoint the important thing to remember here is that service bus is a multi-tenant cloud service which means the service is shared by multiple users so every user and mostly you know you as an application developer would create 
a namespace okay and that namespace is the container that contains all of your queues your topics or your relays each of these things the queues topics and relays they have a specific name so the namespace plus the name of the queue topic or relay is what uniquely resolves that particular object within Windows Azure Subspace. Okay. Now to use any of these objects you can use WCF because these are all available as REST endpoints so if you really want to get down to the wire and, and use something low level you could use WCF. But for queues and topics you could really use something like you know some of the APIs that, that Service Bus offers. As I mentioned, it could be used over HTTP. You could uh, and, uh, and 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 using the REST APIs, or you could provide use some of the SDKs that we provide. We provide SDKs for Java, Node.js, uh, .NET, of course, and some other languages. So it is important to understand that although Service Bus itself runs in the cloud. The applications that use it can run anywhere. Okay, you can use Service Bus to connect applications running in Windows Azure, for example, or applications running inside your own data center. You can also use it to connect an application running on Windows Azure to another cloud platform, uh, with an on-premise application or with tablets and phones. It's even possible to connect, you know, household uh, appliances uh, and other devices to a central application or one to another. Service Bus is a gen generic communication mechanism in the cloud that's accessible from pretty much anywhere. How you use it depends on what your applications need to do. So let's drill down a little bit on queues. Okay. Using a queue is simple. A sender sends a message to a Service Bus queue. The receiver picks up that message at some later time. The queue can have just a single receiver or there can be multiple ap applications reading from the same queue in which case the first application to read that particular item will get the will, will get the item from the queue. Okay, queues are not multicast. There only one person can read the item off the queue. Now, each message in the queue has a set of properties. This can be a generic key value pair, and then there's the binary message body itself. And how they use depends on what your application is trying to do. For example, you could be sending a message about some sort of recent sale that might include properties, and you could have seller equals so and so, amount equals so and so, and the message body might contain, uh, you know, some more detail of the of the item that's of interest. And the receiver can receive a message from a service bus in two different ways. They can call receive and delete, which removes the message from the queue and immediately deletes it. That's a symbol, but if the receiver crashes before it finishes, then that message might get lost. So, however, so instead of that, the second option is to use something like is to use a peak lock, okay, which removes the message from the queue. It doesn't delete the message, however, it locks it until uh, for a certain amount of time. And uh, once, you know, obviously if this receiver crashes, then after a period of time, which is by default 60 seconds, that queue, that item goes back into the queue and somebody else can uh, process it. However, once it successfully read it, it, uh, it removes that item permanently from the queue so that nobody else can read it. Now the second, the second use of queues is topics. Topics are the publish subscribe mechanism, and a topic uh, is similar in many ways to queues. However, a single sender can send it to multiple receivers. And the big difference is that topics let each of the receiving applications create its own subscription by defining a filter. Okay, a subscriber will on then only see messages that match that filter. You know. Uh, so using the previous example where you had set certain properties like seller equals so-and-so or uh, some price equals so-and-so, you could set a property on that and therefore only 
proper only filters that matched a particular property value would be sent to a particular application and subsequently another application may be subscribing to another filter in which case it will get notified when some other property is set and finally but you know the, both the queues and the uh, and the topics provide more of a one-way asynchronous communication between two applications all right and uh, there is uh, I guess some sort of a broker in the middle which is ensuring that the messages are secure and are, are persisted so that uh, there is they're never lost there's no two-way communication between them you can create two-way communication by creating two queues one going one way and the other going the other way but suppose you want to you know just have a, a, a synchronous way of sending messages uh, you know in a normal service oriented way where you know you send a request and you get a response you send a request and you get a response okay and that's exactly what a relay allows you to do so a relay uh, allows you to connect a service that's on your premise that's a standard send, uh, request response service out to the uh, inter internet okay the service bus relay the way it works is each application establishes an outbound connection with the service bus then keeps it open all communication between the two applications will travel over these connections because each connection was established from inside the data center the firewall essentially allows all incoming traffic to each application data sent through the relay without opening any new ports. This uh, approach also gets around the NAT problem because each application has consistent endpoints throughout the communication. By exchanging data through the relay, the applications can avoid the problem that would otherwise make communication difficult. The, the good thing is that, as I mentioned earlier, is that you just have to use these new set of bindings that uh, are included in the Service Bus API. And each of these bindings, for example, uh, you know, mimics or matches the standard WCF bindings with the word really uh, inserted in there. And then, of course, you have to specify some sort of uh, um, security information so that your ser your service up in the cloud can securely communicate with the service on premise. Now, for for testing uh, any of these features, uh, you can you could use uh, like a dev or a QA namespace. So have a unique namespace in your in your storage in your Azure uh, service bus definition that you use only for testing and um, there is also an option to use service bus on premise on your Windows server this is something that you can download today and have many of the features that service bus ha offers on in Azure you could use it on premise and that this is totally a supported model if you if all you need is a, a, an on-premise uh, solution a common question we get is you know, when do you use Service Bus over Azure Queues? I, I gave you a few a few uh, thoughts earlier. Let me give you some more detailed ones, give, you know, provided by some of our uh, uh, colleagues at Microsoft. So some of them is, you know, if you if you have to if you need full WCF communications, right? Like in the relay model, then that's um, you know something something to consider using Service Bus. If you want duplicate detection, yeah. If uh, you want to process messages in batches, like in logical groups, if you use asset-style transactions, where you must commit changes, you know, as opposed to Azure queues, where which are kind of implicit connect commits. If you need, um, you know, messages get can sit in the queue for many many days, greater than seven days, for example. If you want to guarantee the first in first out uh, nature of your messages. And 
and like I mentioned earlier if you need more than 64k for each message and finally of course if you do need a publish subscribe model then you have to use something like the service bus because the Azure queues do not support publish subscribe even from a limit perspective right the queues can be bigger than 5 uh, gigabyte from a cost perspective you know if you're using the relay yeah, you, you're charged uh, from when the first listener connects until the last listener closes so it's it's more like a time-based uh, thing for others for queues and topics it's charged by message right and it's I think it's one dollar for a million message uh, or it's one dollar for a thousand hours depending on which of the features you're using so again this is not you know not a very expensive solution yet you get a lot for it when you talk of the service bus, people ask me, you know, what about the enterprise service bus or ESP? You know, and yes, we know we have BizTalk, which is our ESP solution. And along with uh, that, we do allow you to integrate BizTalk with uh, service bus, you know, uh, via Relay, for example. And the good thing is that the two of them can be used together to, to grow your on-premise BizTalk uh, by using the service bus in the cloud. This allows you to scale up uh, in the cloud without scaling up your on-premise BizTalk environment. Finally, I'd like to give you some tips uh, from our support uh, folks. Uh, uh, Nathan Tangovelu uh, is one of our support uh, folks at Microsoft and he offered a couple of tips for the listeners uh, who use Service Bus. The first one goes like this. Uh, the service bus, uh, the brokered message entities like queues and topics, you know, they're actually at the back and they're tied to a SQL Azure database. Okay. I know we just call it a messaging store, but it's actually a database. Uh, as long as it's sitting in in the service bus, it's stored in that database. The problem is that, uh, you know, if uh, if the store is throttled for, for some reason, maybe it's getting a lot of requests from some of the other uh, tenants uh, that are sitting in there. Uh, that are sharing that particular database then uh, you could see some uh, errors or slowdowns in in sending and receiving of the messages a lot of the issues that because that we get to support fall on this area so there's a couple of options you have to to allow you to be a little more resilient in your application you know have some sort of a retry mechanism in your application and as a matter of fact the service bus client library has this built in via the retry policy uh, API and the other one is to use partitioned entities you know where uh, uh, you know you you, you split uh, you split your uh, uh, all your entities into various uh, categories so that they're not all in one store and uh, and then th this is sort of the preferred approach just to make sure that you know you're you're splitting your load up as much as possible when you use the service bus relay uh, you know we get a lot of calls from people saying that the relay is failing Right. Obviously, since the relay is hosted at uh, in Microsoft in, in Azure, that's uh, that would fall into, you know, the Microsoft uh, into a Microsoft problem. But typically, this usually turns out to be that the listener is not connected to the service bus relay, okay, and that's why the clients are getting the error. So the customer should uh, implement something called the connection status behavior event to know when the listener is online and offline. And there is a, a Stack Overflow a link, which I'll put in the show notes, which shows you how to do that. Well, that's sort of the end of our uh, podcast today. Uh, I just want to uh, add uh, a few uh, notes that are, will be in the show notes, of course, a few links. Uh, there's some new uh, jump starts for Windows Azure websites that are available on the Microsoft Virtual Academy for those of you who want to get deep-dived into that particular area. 
there's also a whole bunch of the Windows and Azure storage known issues. There's a there's a new blog item that, that shows about some of the known issues as of November. And also there's a bunch of new um, Azure tables breaking changes that are coming up in November, in the November version of the API. So if you guys are using that, you may want to take a look at that blog item. Finally, as always, uh, we're constantly updating the Windows Azure uh, service, and there's some new things that came out today, uh, this week. Uh, there's um, the new traffic manager. There's uh, plenty of enhancements to the Active Directory uh, facility. You can have user provisioning and deprovisioning support. There's three built-in, uh, there's three new built-in security reports, and of course now you can monitor a lot of this through the management portal, manage.windowsazure.com. On the mobile services, we now have uh, support for Active Directory. We have enhanced support for Xamarin, which is uh, one of our new partners uh, to support iOS and Android with C# -sharp development. And you can also, uh, there's also a bunch of quick starts which show you how to use Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android uh, uh, services, the, the PC, the, the portable class libraries that are included uh, in the SDK. And uh, then again, notification hubs, which is uh, something that we haven't talked about, but we will definitely talk about in a future release, in a future episode. Uh, this allows you to send messages to, to mobile devices. Uh, there is a price reduction on that, and there's also now... Uh, yeah, like a, you can send a debug message, like a, more like a debug sent if you want to do some more analysis to where things are failing. And you can do all this directly from the Windows Azure management portal. Uh, websites have new diagnostic support for automatic logging to blogs, blob storage so that uh, you could then open up blob storage and look at your logs. Uh, there is uh, the storage facility is getting new alerting uh, based on storage metrics. So if you feel like you're you're getting hammered on storage, you can be alerted on that. And then there's new monitoring that's available for uh, there's a new library for Windows Azure monitoring, uh, which allows you to you know kind of get custom metrics and programmatically configure alerts, auto scale rules for your services, etc. Well, thank you again for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, uh, look forward to any feedback from you and uh, see you next week uh, with my two regular colleagues as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any comments or questions, please use our Twitter handle at Azure Podcasts. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. Thank you and see you next time.